Welcome to 5 Minutes in Church History, hosted by Dr. Stephen Nichols, where we take a little break from the present to go exploring the past. Travel back in time as we look at the people, events, and even the places that have shaped the story of Christianity. This is our story, our family history. Let's get started. Well, welcome back to another episode of 5 Minutes in Church History. You know, in this program, we talk about the church history throughout the centuries, but I always enjoy when we bring church history a little bit forward and talk about the things that have happened a little bit closer to our time. So we're going to do that today, and joining us on our program this morning is my friend, Dr. Sean Lucas. We've had him here before. Last time we had him here, we had him stuck on a deserted island, uh, but this time we're just going to talk to him, no deserted island, and we're going to talk to him about a moment in contemporary church history This was an event that happened 40 years ago. This is an event that's very special to you, Dr. Lucas. You've been working on a book on this for over a decade, and it's finally going to see the light of day. First of all, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. And what event are we talking about 40 years ago? Well, on December 4th, 1973, the Presbyterian Church in America was formed at Briarwood Presbyterian Church in Birmingham, Alabama, and that really represented a a 40-year journey of conservative Presbyterians in the old Southern Presbyterian Church, the Presbyterian Church in the United States, a 40-year journey of them trying to bring about reformation in their church, and then failing that, seeking to have a continuing Presbyterian Church in the South. Now, this expression, a continuing Presbyterian Church, we hear that a lot in the PCA circles. What does that mean? Why was that important to them to frame it that way, a continuing Presbyterian Church? Well, there's a doctrinal piece, I think, to that, but there's also, I think, a more aspirational piece. The doctrinal piece was summed up in the motto, to be faithful to the scriptures, true to the Reformed faith, and obedient to the Great Commission. As Southern Presbyterian conservatives looked at the mainline Presbyterian church in the South, they felt that the church had gotten away from those key doctrinal emphases, the inspiration and inerrancy of the Bible being paramount, the winsome Calvinism of the Westminster Confession of Faith, and particularly a passion for evangelism and missions. So a continuing Presbyterian church was meant to continue those doctrinal emphases, but there was also a a more aspirational one as well, because I very much argue in in this book that'll be coming out that they desire to continue a mainline presence for the Presbyterian church in the South. And I think that explains why the PCA still has a sense of cultural custodianship, if you will, Hmm. why there's a, a desire to engage our culture in a variety of ways, whether it's from Francis Schaeffer on the one side to Tim Keller in our present day. A sense of Christ and culture has always been at the heart of the PCA. And I think that's because of this sense of wanting to continue a conservative mainline Presbyterian church in our country. So we have a denomination that is committed to a doctrinal foundation. And then from that doctrinal foundation, committed to the preaching of the word. And then from that, committed to engaging the world in which they live. Yes, exactly. And I think that's part of why the PCA has continued to grow from its original foundations with about 120,000 communicant members to now about, if everyone actually reported their statistics, about 400,000 communicant members in, in the North America. Now, now, this statistic is interesting because what we're also seeing is the decline in the mainline denominations. So the, while they're declining, the PCA is on the incline. Is that right? It's been one of the striking things. Many years, it appears that the growth is small, but, you know, the PCA has been a growing denomination over its 40-year history. There's been very few years where we've simply remained static. And it's, it's been because our identity is a doctrinal one, 
but there's a passion for evangelism, missions, and engagement of culture that gives people a reason not just to believe in Christ, but to be part of the church and then to advance the kingdom of God in their workplaces and culture. Well, thank you for being here. Thank you for informing us about this denomination. And thank you for writing that book. We really look forward to seeing it. You know, often we look at institutions and we tend to see them decline over the generations. And it's just a sad thing. And so when we see a denomination like this, we not only need to celebrate that it's here, we also need to pray that it remains faithful and true to those ideals and those doctrinal beliefs upon which it was founded and which gave it its initial life and birth. So I'm Steve Nichols. Thanks for joining us for five minutes in church history.